Welcome in, everyone, to the Tuesday morning podcast and regularity here on the Paul Farrington Show. But there's just so much news going around that we figured, why not touch on what's happening? Uh, Paul Farrington joined by Jack Weinberger and Robert Ziggy Ziegler, as always. Mike Rotundo, we gave him the day off. He, he's, he's a hard-thinking man. He bets a lot on, on table tennis and darts. He needs some time to recover from those losses. So we gave him the day, and uh, that's why he, he will be back with us tomorrow when we touch on college football with the CFP rankings that will be released later tonight. Quickly, let's first touch on NFL, a recap of week 12 here in the AFC. The Ravens now sit in the one seed. Jack, isn't that absurd that the Ravens are the one in the AFC? Baltimore, interceptions galore. They struggle at times this, at times this year. Somehow they're sitting at one. But at two, right behind them, is a familiar face in the New England Patriots. They're playing their best football right now. The stats on their defense over the past four games are just ridiculous. But here's my question about New England, guys. Is that if New England, if the Patriots are able to finish out this season playing the way they are right now, let's say they split with Buffalo, wind up winning the AFC East, is there a chance that both Brady and Belichick were right? Brady to, want, Brady to go to, to Tampa Bay and play there? and Belichick to move on, is that possible? I think it's too early to say whether or not Bill Belichick was right because Matt Jones is having a good year. They have eight wins. Like, if he struck gold, if, if they can do this the next couple of years and they become that, you know, so-called dynasty once again, and maybe he was right, you know, move on, draft a young stud. But this could just be a flash in the pan. We don't know yet. We're not sure. I think it's too early to say that. But this team does look determined on a mission. You know, ever since they lost that close game to Brady and the Bucks, seems like they're on a mission and then, and they want to get back there, maybe rematch them later on. You never know. That would be, be a that would be something. Um, I think they're definitely taking advantage of a weaker AFC. Don't get me wrong on that. Um, obviously something that's great to see, something cool to see. You know, New England eight and four once again, top of the AFC. Um, but I think it's too early to really tell if. Bill Belichick was, you know, quote unquote, right about this whole. This I just, I'd rather, I'd still rather have Tom Brady at quarterback than Mac Jones. He's, he's, he's twenty two, his rookie. We don't know if he's going to be like this, you know, forever. I mean, it's his first year. We've seen this before. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you'd rather have Tom Brady. He's the better quarterback. I mean, I mean, look, um, if you told me when the Patriots started out at two and four that they'd be not only serious contenders for the one seed in the AFC. But probably at this point, after they just beat up on the Titans, the favorite to get the one seed, that'd be crazy, right? Because, like, you look at it, they've got a somewhat tough schedule up ahead. Two games against the Bills, the Colts, the Jaguars, and then the Dolphins. Um, let's say they go one month, the Bills win two of the other three. We've seen the Titans really struggle against teams good and bad. So I think it's unlikely the Titans are going to be competing. We've seen the AFC North just devolve into a clown fiesta of teams going back and forth, struggling to beating up on one another. We've seen the Chiefs have some struggles. Like, they're a good team, but it's possible they drop one or two. The Patriots are in a very good position to get the one seed. If you've got the one seed and Mac Jones can limit the turnovers, make the offensive plays he needs to keep being good deep, yeah, there's a chance this team goes on on the back of a really great defense and good special teams. It's asking a lot for Mac Jones to be the first rookie to ever lead a team to the Super Bowl. But if anyone can do it, I think it will be Belichick and these Patriots. 
I think, I, honestly, this might sound like a hot take, but I think it is more likely that Patriots are in the Super Bowl than the Buccaneers. I'd be more worried about the Bucs getting out of the NFC than the Patriots getting out of the AFC. That's not totally crazy, just based on what I said before. The AFC seems to be a bit of a train wreck. I look at the Pats I just beaten recently. The Titans, who are slumping, the Browns, I, they're taking advantage of what's been a weaker schedule. I'm curious to see how they fare. Their first game against Buffalo, Monday night, Buffalo got steamrolled by the Colts. You know, it's not just Buffalo teams invincible. A good defense has been known to upset Josh Allen and have made some really bad decisions. You're right. But I don't know if I trust a rookie quarterback at night at a place like Buffalo in what seems to be a, a Buffalo's most important game of the season. So at, to date. To me, it seems like this could wind up going down as one of the greatest coaching performances ever from Belichick. Just to come in with Mac Jones, the improvements we've seen this year, the defense is winning games, as they always do in New England. Uh, but I just think he's hitting his stride as a coach, while Mac Jones is also hitting his stride as a player this season. And that makes New England a very dangerous team. You mentioned before, Jack, how the AFC is weaker this year. I kind of see things opening up for Kansas City to come in and make that playoff run again. Right now, they're starting to play better football. And who's really threatening them? I think it's Kansas City, Buffalo, and New England. And I would be very surprised if anyone else came out of the AFC right now. Except for the Steelers. You know, when teams, when people seem to sleep on us, it's when they The Steelers strike. are horrible, Jack. The Steelers are <laughs> terrible. Ben Roethlisberger looks like an 85-year-old man. But you know what the thing is? He's not even the problem. Oh, he's, he's a problem. Jack, Jack, let no, me Jack, tell you something that will be less surprising than the Steelers making the playoffs. He is not the main problem. There's there's like underseated underlying issue. I don't know what it is. There's some sort of problems we don't know about. I don't know. The defense can't stop anybody, which is on which is rare. I, I don't know what it is. Could be their coaching. Could could be coaching. Ziggy, what do you think of Kansas City? Honestly, um, the fact that Kansas City's defense has improved a lot and had good showings against very good teams. Like, they did well against the Packers. I know Aaron Rodgers wasn't there, but the run game's still good. They shut down the Cowboys. They shut down the Raiders. The fact the defense has improved a lot when I didn't think they would, and Mahomes has stopped making quite as many boneheaded decisions. I'm scared of this Chiefs team. They're my favorites to the AFC. It's not inevitable. They're weaker, I think, than they've been the past couple of years. But, boy, it sure seems like they've figured things out after that. Really, it was the close game against the Giants, I think, that got them in gear, not the loss to the Titans. At this point in time, I think Buffalo is my pick. I think I, think I don't Buffalo see how you could pick Buffalo. I think that's delusion. Why? What's wrong with Buffalo? The Colts game. And the Jaguars games, to me, are way too alarming for me to count out. They have not looked they, – they haven't looked good down the stretch, and I'm not sure if they're actually a team that's improving. It feels to me like Josh Allen is like regressing a little bit. They've got no run game. The defense is mixed. I don't, I don't see how this team could string together three consistent performances to get out into the Super Bowl. They haven't looked great recently, but a game like Jacksonville – We've seen this so many times where these good teams go on the road in like a trap-like feel and lose a game like that. The, the Colts game is more alarming than the Jaguars game. I, I, would, I, would, I would get behind that. The way they lost that game, yes, I, I would agree. But again, 
that's all. You know, say that's a revenge sort of spot. Knock him out of the playoffs last year. Chip on the shoulder for the Colts. Something like that. The Bills' performance against the Saints this past weekend and what felt like a a must win for Buffalo. They showed up and showed out on the road. And we got to be clear. The Saints are very bad. The Saints are very bad, especially offensively right now. Look, they are. But I nonetheless think that was a great win for Buffalo. They much needed and they look very good. So I I think you're getting your equivocating a little bit here. It was a very important win. They needed to win the game and they won. But I don't think he can make much out of beating up on Trevor Simeon and Tony Jones Jr., Notre Dame legend. I knew Tony Jones was going to have a horrible game. I don't know why I played him in fantasy. I saw I saw Tony for three years, fifteen rushes for twenty seven yards. Are you kidding me? It's the the, the Saints like the the Bills needed to win the game and they won in a decisive fashion. Like I'm not holding the win against them, but Josh Allen threw two interceptions and they just didn't do enough that game to convince me that they're struggle. They won't struggle again the next time they play a good team. But the good news is Monday night football this week and then the week after against the Bills, like the Bills will get or against the Buccaneers. The Bills will get a chance to prove themselves. We're going to get to see if they figured it out or not. I mean, this which, sounds so this sounds so, so, so cliche, but I would have to side probably with Ziggy and say the Chiefs come out of the AFC only because look, they're seven and four. Now they're winning the AFC West. They're going to win the AFC West. And I would just rather have guys who have shown they can win playoff games before. I'd rather have those guys, Mahomes and Hale and Kelsey, on my team than not. So it's hard not to side with Kansas City. You know, they're seven and four, and a lot of people feel like they haven't been all that good, and they're still seven and four. That just goes to show you right there. It's hard not. It's hard not to back them to come out of the AFC. I think Buffalo gets the win against New England this week. It's in Buffalo Monday Night Football. I agree with you. As yeah. great as Mac Jones has been, again, I know I know the Colts went in there and, and beat the brakes off of the Bills, but it's normally a very tough place to play. I think they get the win there. I see Buffalo coming away with the one seed in the AFC still. They have the tiebreaker over Kansas City, and Tennessee's going to continue to slide. They're just a different team without Derrick Henry. If they're able to beat New England twice, I mean, that's the tiebreaker right there. That's, that's what's going to decide. The one seed, New England and Buffalo. What happened? I have I have one hypothetical question for you, Paul. Though, because I do, I I think it's a likely that Bills win on Monday. But you've got to admit, there's a fair chance there isn't, right? Oh, definitely. If the Bills lose on Monday, do you think they make the playoffs? Yes, I would say no. I think they don't make the playoffs if they lose on Monday. That's the direction I think this team's going. I need I need to see the remainder of their schedule right here. Yeah, it's not a hard schedule. Yeah, I don't see why you think they wouldn't make the playoffs. The same, they look great against the Saints. The reason I think they wouldn't make the playoffs is because they'll probably lose the second game to the Patriots. And then there's like there's the Chargers, there's the Bengals, there's the Colts. Boom, three teams. Maybe there's the Raiders. I mean, we're, we're talking about the Dolphins. The Dolphins have one of the easiest schedules in the league left. They have a chance to make the playoffs. There's no way the Dolphins make the playoffs. I wouldn't the Dolph I would not be surprised if the Dolphins win their next five. I would not. There's one hard game in their next five, and it's week 17 when the Patriots are probably resting. The eight through eleven in the AFC is Denver, Raiders, Colts, and Browns. The Colts are the biggest threat in that in that area because they have the tiebreaker over Buffalo. But I, I just don't see the Bills. I don't see the Bills getting swept by New England. Maybe they lose in Tampa Bay, but I struggle to see them losing to the Panthers, Falcons, or Jets. Like, four and two seems to be the floor, in my opinion. 
I think Buffalo comes out Monday night with an extra chip to show to tell Mac Jones welcome to the league, and that defense throws him around. They've been bullied by New England for 20 years. I think Buffalo makes a real, real big time statement Monday night against New England. So do I. That, that's my pick. But I can understand why you, you, you picked the Patriots. They're playing great. Let's move on to the NFC. In the NFC, all the talk I've been hearing today, as you guys know, I work in sports media, Jack works in sports media. I just keep seeing things about the 49ers are back. 49ers are, have to be a Super Bowl contender right now. And they look very good. They look very good. They, they beat up the Rams. They killed the Jaguars. And then a pretty, pretty good win yesterday against my Vikings. A game the Vikings handed San Francisco in many ways. But San Francisco still looked good. Is this a team that you guys think is actually going to contend? Or is this, as Jack would say, a flash in the pan right now? I, I think it's a stretch to call the 49ers a flash in the pan because I'm not sure what they flashed. Well, the 49ers have one good win on their schedule. Or that's against the Rams. We all know the 49ers just own. McVay's won like one or two games against the 49ers. But other than that, you've got the Lions. You've got the Eagles. You've got the Bears. You've got the Jaguars. And you've got the Vikings, who could be considered a good win. But the way in which it happened, I think, takes a lot of it away from me. I'm not sold on this team. They're still in a tough division. They've got a pretty easy schedule up ahead, but I'm not sure they've shown enough consistency. You really have to believe that Jimmy Garoppolo has just completely turned the corner or that Elijah Mitchell is going to save this team from mediocrity. I'm just not sure either of those two things are going to happen because three more players on the 49ers are going to have season-ending injuries before the next three weeks are done. I put them in the AFC and I say absolutely, but I, 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 I wouldn't. I don't have much faith in them being five and seven now. Like Ziggy said, a real one win that stands out um, doing much in the, in the NFC this year. You know what it is with them? It's the defense isn't as good as they were in their Super Bowl year. Elijah Mitchell's good, but he's not going to carry you through the playoffs. And I think you can say the same for Jimmy Debo Samuel. He's having a fantastic season. Uh, hopefully his injury is not too bad, but he's someone he's going to miss next week along with Fred Warner. He's someone who really should be in consideration. I know Cooper Cup's the favorite for Offensive Player of the Year, but Debo Samuel has been unbelievable. Ziggy, I, I, I tend to agree with you, because uh, if you watch that Viking game, like Kirk Cousins is lining up under the guard. Dalvin Cook, uh, multiple turnovers for the Vikings inside the, the, their own 20-yard line. Of course, whenever Dalvin Cook fumbles, I don't know if you guys know this, but he has to get injured if he fumbles. That's the thing. I don't, I don't think Minnesota is like all that good of a team. And the Niners just beat they beat themselves in that. They, I mean, sorry, the Vikings beat themselves. They gave the Niners that way. So yeah, yeah. San Francisco, uh, f- you f- off. Um, let's move on to the Packers here. Uh, I think the Packers. I, I hate to say this, they might be the best team in the NFC. I don't think they'd be my Super Bowl pick. I don't think they'd be my Super Bowl. You think best team in football? Hands down. Hands down. Oh yeah. Hands down. Who would you take? Wouldn't take the Rams. I wouldn't take the Bucks. I, I, I would say I would no go ahead, nobody in the AFC. I would take the Bucks. I would take the Chiefs. I'd probably even take the Patriots and or the Bills. I may or may not, but the thought that the Packers are just leagues ahead of everyone else, I think, is pretty ridiculous. Those are my four as well, Ziggy. And people keep forgetting about the Cardinals. People are totally disre- disregarding the Arizona Cardinals, who have the best record in football. 
by the way. They have the best record in football and keep beating good teams with Colt McCoy at quarterback. Like they're, they're an absolute sleeper right now. You know Unbelievably at nine and two. You know who went on the road in a night game and beat them? That's Green true. Bay that is true. Hey, That's uh, true. Without, yeah, without half their starting line. Well, I will say this: the Packers are certainly the most resilient team in football. This look, this is this is Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay. He'll win it, give them what they wanted, and dip. That's I don't happen. know. I don't know if it's his last year in Green Bay. Would you be surprised at all if Green Bay looks and says, "Holy crap, Jordan Jordan Love is terrible. We need Aaron to come back," and they just offered him a ton of money. And and at the same time, I would even throw out apology. I'd write an apology letter. They need him. I mean, say so you say you say that you consider the Chiefs. I think if the Packers had Rodgers in that game, they'd destroy the Chiefs in that game. Maybe that's true. Do you think, Jack, if Tampa Bay came into Lambeau for the NFC Championship game, that the, the Packers would win? Absolutely. Because I don't. I, I think Brady. I think Brady and the Bucks would get the job done. No, I, I, not two years in a row. I, I would say I think right now the Packers are the best team in the NFC. Maybe the best team in football, but I. Don't think they'll get to the Super Bowl. I think they'll. I think they'll choke. That's kind of their thing right now. Although you know what the thing is, like I haven't seen this. Obviously, you know, Rodgers does Rodgers. The offense does the offense. You know, I haven't seen this Green Bay defense play this good in a while. No, that's the difference. And the one time Green Bay had a defense like this was the year the Packers won the Super Bowl. It's really hard. It's hard not to pick them right now to go to the Super Bowl. It really is. The defense has been good. The defense has not been great the past couple weeks. They did a good job against the Chiefs. They did a good enough job against the Cardinals. They did a bad job against the Vikings, and I don't think they were that good against the Rams. Does it shock you guys if Aaron Rodgers comes back to Green Bay next year? Shocked? No. No, it wouldn't shock me. I don't think he is. I think he's going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't understand why it would shock you that the quarterback who is currently under contract for a team comes back to the team. I really don't. Well, well, Ziggy, I mean, it would be because there's incredible bad blood between the two. Is there incredible bad blood? It's not obvious there is. He's playing this year just fine. Why would next year be different? I think he's playing this year for the fans and for his teammates, not for I himself. Think, I, think, I think he is fed up with management. I don't even know how much he likes LeFleur, to be honest, and then he'd love to – he might get out of there. But I think Green Bay is going to beg for him to come back because Jordan Love stinks. Jack, I don't want to state the obvious, but Green Bay will have fans and Aaron Rodgers will have teammates next year, right? Like the same reasons he has to come back now, he has again next year. Like this whole, oh, it's the last dance, I'm never coming back thing. It's just Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is stubborn enough to stick with it. Then he would have this year. Then he would have this year. He did his whole last dance announcement with Devontae Adams. Like he's stubborn enough to be like, no, I'm having a good time. I'll still that's called rationalization, Paul. That's called rationalization. He's not yeah, he's not rational. I think Rodgers wins the Super Bowl this year. Gives the fans and his teammates what he owes them. Dips. Well, he's not gonna win the Super Bowl this year. So I think he definitely is. That that's a major hole in your argument. Super Bowl picks, Super Bowl picks. What what are you guys' picks at the moment? Packers Chiefs. Rams over Patriots. Uh, I have Bucks over Bills. You understand, Paul. I have to pick the Rams. Yeah, so this is a horrible thing. All right. Let us move on to college football. We'll get into playoff talk more tomorrow. And, and Jack, with a very interesting parlay dilemma, 
that we'll touch on the Wednesday it's not podcast. A, it's not a dilemma for me. It's not a dilemma. It's not me. a dilemma. It's not. Well, it could. It could. <laughs> I, I have my. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Jack thinks he knows what he's doing, but uh, we'll give our insight and our opinions on that. Couple couple things to touch on in college. Some big news. Obviously, the hot button topic: Lincoln Riley to USC. Uh, a move that I don't think many people expected, but most of us aren't too surprised by it. In one word, how would you guys encapsulate Riley's move to USC? And I'll start off. I'll start off. I'll say the word I'm going to use is realignment. There is going to be a realignment of power in college football because of this move. I think that USC with Lincoln Riley will dominate the Pac-12 because because He's going to pull Caleb Williams with him. And when Caleb Williams goes to USC, who is competing with him in that conference? And I don't no, want to hear the Oregon Ducks. Because then Spencer Rattler goes to Oregon and beats them. Spencer Rattler's terrible. Well, I, I don't think Caleb Williams is going to USC. If he doesn't, then that's just delaying the inevitable for a year because either Malachi Nelson or Arch Manning is coming to USC. USC is USC. They have the name, the history. But I think as of right now, even with this Lincoln-Riley move, and I said this to you guys off air, that it, it, it's a tough draw at the moment to get kids to play at USC. Not for Lincoln there's, Riley. There's well, we'll see. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Why, why is USC a harder draw than Oklahoma? You get you're going to get better talent and more kids who want to play at OU going to the SEC than USC. I think that's, that's totally wrong because the college football playoff exists. When's OU going to the playoff again? Maybe once every two years, once every three years. USC's going every single year. I think it's going to take Lincoln Riley a while to build USC. But listen to this, but Jack, but Lincoln Riley, look at the effects. As soon as he left Oklahoma, what is it? Five people, five, six people have decommitted from OU? Two five-stars, six, four-stars? I know. I don't know if, if they necessarily all follow him to play at USC. I don't even well, think it matters if all of them go. It's just we see that there's obviously a draw to play for Lincoln Riley. And for a guy like Caleb Williams. Well, no, no. I think it's just a draw to not play Oklahoma at the moment. I think it's well, a Lincoln Why Riley. would they wait until the day Lincoln Riley announces he's leaving if they really want to go to Oklahoma, but then he leaves and suddenly Oklahoma is not desirable? But you just said Oklahoma is desirable because they're going to the SEC. And then he left and guys decommit, but now all of a sudden they're just decommitting because they don't want to go to Oklahoma. I'm trying to understand your plan here, Jack. Obviously, I'm saying Lincoln Riley has pull. He does. He's a bigger name. He's a good coach. But he's not Nick Saban. He's not Bobby Bowden. I don't know if he's going to get a ton of kids at the moment to go play at USC, who's rock bottom. It certainly won't take more than two or three years. Like USC is horrible. And I can guarantee you that elite talent and better kids want to play in the SEC than at USC. So I, I completely disagree. Until, I think, he, until, I think Lincoln, okay, yeah. until something's proven, until he goes over there and proves that he could change the program. What but I think is going to happen. They're in, the, I think, they're in the dumps. What I think is going to happen is Lincoln Riley comes in. Now he doesn't have Oklahoma to pitch. He is Sunshine, California, LA, big lights. He's going to pull Caleb Williams with him, and he's going to say, Caleb, take a look at my track record. Two Heismans, two first overall picks. I can do this with you. You know I can do this with you. We've worked this whole season. Uh, so join me at USC. We'll start pulling in talent because people will want to play with Caleb Williams. People will want to play for Lincoln Riley. 
and, and I'm with Ziggy. Within within a year, I think next year US, USC is a top 15 team in the country. It's different if Caleb Williams goes to USC, which I don't know if I don't know if that's a dead set thing. It's not. It's not. But like Ziggy said, within a year or two, you're going to have a five star top three overall quarterback going to USC because that's the Lincoln Riley. Here, here's the thing, though. I think that if he stays at Oklahoma, if he stays at Oklahoma, right, that's where I'm arguing that he would get a lot of very, very, very good players, better players to play there than at USC. I bet Why? You Why? USC is a bigger program. Because it, it's SEC football, and it's Oklahoma, not USC. Guys want to go. Guys want to win a championship. The best way to get people to watch you isn't to play in the SEC. It's to play in the national championship game. Look at Clemson. The second they start going to national championship games, no one cares that it's ACC football. When was USC last relevant? No, you're, it's been since Darnold, and, and that, even then they weren't fantastic. But they, but they, they're, they're, USC's awful. But they, they, have some, they have guys who could play. There are guys who can play on that roster. I think Lincoln Riley's a good coach. Do you think Lincoln Riley's a good coach? I do. Then all you need is for him to be a decent coach, a good coach who brings in some talent, not the same level as Oklahoma, but a step below, and he's winning the Pac-12 every year. You win the Pac-12 every year. Starting in a couple years, that's going to take you to the playoffs every year. I'm not arguing it hurts Oklahoma. I'm just saying I wouldn't have left Oklahoma to go to USC. Like, who are you taking? Who are you taking? I totally would. Who are you even taking over OU in the SEC? Bama, Georgia, and A and M. Probably, probably Bama, Georgia. I think OU going to the SEC. The kids Lincoln Riley's able to pull if he is this great coach. They're not winning that conference though. They're not winning it as consistently. There's three or four teams that could win a year. Auburn could win some years. Mississippi could win some years. But let's look at a let's look at a playoff expansion side of things. If the playoff goes to 12 teams in the near future, you can lose two games in the SEC, maybe even three, and OU is going to the playoff every year. But, Jack, just think about from this point of Lincoln Riley gets to go to USC one, quality of life improves at USC. I I think the quality of living improves out in California. I'm not going to argue with you there. I think it's probably – I'm not sure that's true, actually. You, you, well, obviously, it's different for, for different people. He, he was born in Lubbock, Texas. He made his bones at Tex, Texas Tech and East Carolina. Like, he's a guy who's never lived in a city like this before. Okay, so you, you, so you asked me before if I think Lincoln Riley's a good coach. I do. I don't, think, I don't see how you can justify him staying at OU and going to play in the SEC, how he doesn't pull in much better players to go there than to USC. There's still there's still meaning to the USC brand, Jack. There's still absolutely pull to have at USC. Okay, fine. It's the brand. It's the name. Okay, fine. I think he's gonna be like Pete. I think he's gonna be like Pete Carroll. I think he's gonna turn it into Showtime. Maybe he will. But I don't think it'll be for for a little bit of time. I mean, you that's that's a program that has to be built from the ground up. I mean, they're getting they're getting housed by bottom feeder Pac-12 teams. They're a five point dog to Cal, and I like Cal in that game. I mean, that's pathetic. Look, I, I'd love to see USC crash and burn with this as much as anyone. I just, I just think, I just think he's one of the top five coaches in college football. If Urban Meyer went to USC, what do you think would happen? I think that's different. 
I, I don't think there's as much difference. And finally, one one last piece of college football I want to talk about, and this is ridiculous to me. It, it's almost not worth mentioning. It's that stupid. But reports are circulating right now, as we speak, that LSU is making a massive push to get Brian Kelly, the Notre Dame head coach, which I, I can tell you right now on this podcast, it's not going to happen. There's not a world in which this happens. Brian Kelly has said he's on record saying Notre Dame is his dream job since he was a kid. And he's finally got this program to a point where he's had five consecutive double digit win seasons. He has all control here. Why would he leave? Why would he want to leave Notre Dame for LSU, a program where you can lose two seasons after winning a national championship and you're gone? It makes no sense to me. I don't know how any credible journalist can take this seriously. And I'm fed up with it. I'm just, well, I'll tell I'm just, I'm you, just annoyed. I'll tell He's you how credible to... journalists can take it seriously, Paul. They're not credible, right? This is another one of rumors from the classic tree of Bruce Feldman rumors. So here's how sports journalism works. Quick rundown. Maybe you've heard of like Adrian Wojnarowski, or maybe you've heard of uh, Shams, or maybe you've heard of Adam Schefter, like all of these folks. Here's how it works. They get their scoops on when players are signing and where coaches are going and whatever by uncritically repeating everything agents ever want them to say. And we know Trace Armstrong, Brian Kelly's agent, has done this before. He did it earlier in the year with USC. And what they do is they just bring it out and say, oh, my my coach is uh, thinking of going to LSU. Hey, uh, Bruce, put out a little story about this huh, so we can get Notre Dame to give him some more money. And Bruce Feldman because he's a hack with no journalism skills, who just depends on people telling him what he needs to hear, puts it out there and says, oh, yeah, Brian Kelly, there's a push to get him to LSU, just so Notre Dame gives him more money. These folks are, like, ruining news journalism. They've got basically no talent to add to the sport. And you get these effects where these ridiculous rumors no one could possibly actually believe are being spread around. Ziggy, Bruce Feldman's the same guy who reported that Cliff Kingsbury might be going to Oklahoma, right? Leaving the 9-2 and two Cardinals with his dream quarterback, Kyler Murray, for Oklahoma. He reported that. He was one of the big reporters of Lincoln Riley's going to LSU. There's no way he's going anywhere else. And you'll see, he'll put out these articles where he talks about, like, big top five coaching candidates for a new job. And it's always four or five guys of the same agent. And he'll pull out some weird names like, oh, maybe Gus Malzahan's going to be a really big pull for LSU. Rumor has it they want a former national champion. It's like, dude, we all know what you're doing. I can tell you right now, Bruce Feldman will never come on this podcast. If he ever hears this episode, he will never come on this podcast. If Bruce Feldman comes on this podcast, I'm going to fight him. Brian Kelly is not going to Notre Dame. I don't understand why he would. You know, I mean, he's 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 perfect there. He's he's doing great. Um, settled in, you know, they were where they were, they want to be year after year. But if he goes to LSU and he makes LSU a team that is able to beat Bama in the SEC West and play in SEC championships and maybe win, he might go down as one of the best college football coaches ever. I think that Brian Kelly would struggle at LSU, I think he'd be fired fairly quickly. They don't have the leash I, that Notre Dame I'm has. Not, I'm not saying he wouldn't. I'm not, that's the, I'm not saying he wouldn't. But I'm saying if Brian Kelly can go to LSU, he gets some draw. And if he can win some games, knock off Bama, 
know, you don't get the chance to beat Bama every year at Notre Dame. No, you don't. You don't. I you you might you might be able to get better players to come to LSU than you can at Notre Dame. But again, look, it, it's it's just it's not it's not gonna happen. That's just not gonna happen. I think Brian Kelly's a smart guy. And it's smart guys know their own weaknesses. And if you have to pick one weakness for Brian Kelly out of all of the things he's had coaching at this point in his career, it's got to be that Notre Dame teams don't always show up prepared to perform games, performing games they don't expect to win or don't think they have a chance to win, right? Like the Notre Dame story is you do really well and win most of your games when you face the big opponent, right? Like the raid boss, you come out the gate slow, you struggle. And even if you pick it up after halftime, it's too late to win. Well, if he goes to LSU, he's going to have two or three of those games a year instead of one or maybe none at Notre Dame. So I think the LSU job just doesn't play to his strengths at all. He's not the best recruiter. I'm not sure he can handle the recruiting powerhouses. Like, I just don't think the job lines up with what he's good at. So why would you do it? Has Brian Kelly ever really had a chance to just pull in whoever he wants to pull in? No, that is, that he is pull true. In whoever he wants to pull in at LSU, yeah. though? That's the question. No. Because he'd be competing directly with guys who are just better at his job than him. Well, I'm saying Notre Dame has restrictions. Like, he's, he can't go after a lot of guys that other schools can. That's not the problem. Do you really no, no, think no, if a, Notre Dame lifts the academic restrictions that, like, all the five stars just start running it? More yeah, do. Yeah. More I don't, I don't think there's a chance. I think if you lift academic restrictions, Notre Dame's the number one team in the country year after year. Ziggy, that's the whole Urban Meyer story. That's the whole Urban Meyer story with Urban Meyer sitting down with ND staff and says, I want six guys who don't have to meet academic eligibility. And Notre Dame says, I'll give you three. And Urban said, see ya. Lift the academic restrictions. I don't think that Notre Dame goes and beats Ohio State and Michigan for every single recruit. But I definitely think... Look, I think there's a lot of guys out there who would love to play football at Notre Dame who can't, and they go to Bama or Georgia or Ohio State or Oklahoma. You You can't tell me I'm wrong there. So, I mean, Kelly's never had that chance, really. I still don't think he's a great recruiter. <laughs> Wait, guys, I've got some breaking news. What? So, I, I am a major follower of the Go Tigers 24-7 forum. And according to Tiger Law 40, who's a VIP on the forum, a buddy of his, who's a Michigan State alumni, who's of Tommy Reese's best friend, has confirmed that Brian Kelly to LSU is happening within 48 hours. And we know it's legit because he didn't text his buddy asking. His buddy just told him this out of the blue. Hold on. So hold to on, be clear. What's insane about this right now is that I just got a text from Jake Crane from the, the Volumes J-Boy show that said, are you shitting your pants? And I had no idea what he was talking about. So we might be having a live reaction to Brian Kelly leaving well, Notre I mean, Dame. Guys, look, I didn't think it would happen, but I honestly – may go out of my way to call it a bit of an upgrade. Like, going going from Notre Dame to LSU, like, I think I'd go from Notre Dame to LSU. I'm just, I'm not sure someone who likes coaching at Notre Dame would like coaching at LSU. It's, it's just, it's, it's the SEC appeal. Marcus Freeman would have to be the replacement for Brian Kelly. Probably. We've gone through a long course soon, but let me be clear. Internet guy's buddy who works with somebody who's Tommy Reese's best friend is not a reliable source. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I would probably agree with you. So it's just because Paul seemed to, yeah. 
what is happening right now? Oh, it was just a minute ago. You were so confident this was ridiculous because it is. Why? Why are you rattled? Why are you shaking in your boots right now, Paul? It's yeah. It's not happening. It's not happening. Because if he can go down there and knock off Bama, why would he leave here for LSU? Unless if they offer him, as he said, unless if the Tooth Fairy comes down and gives him two hundred fifty million dollars, why would he leave here? Because the middle what? (laughs) That can't be on there. All right. Uh, what did you say? You <laughs> probably have to cut that. What did you say? It's in the middle of Indiana. No, oh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It, it is a downside that Notre Dame's in the middle of Indiana. It's not Indiana. as bad as like frick frack yeah. nowhere in Louisiana, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> I'd probably rather coach JLSU too. No, oh, I, I would. I would not. <laughs> you, SEC appeal. The like, SEC is cool. I, 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 love, I, I love the chance every year to play Bama and Ole Miss and A&M and uh, – Remember angry so Brian better. Kelly? Remember the old angry Brian Kelly? He would come out in the SEC. He, he would. I don't think he would fare well in that in that country. Notre Dame gave him a lot of leeway. Look, all honesty, all in all honesty, tell me who's really that good in the SEC. No, right now the SEC and, and, and Georgia's this, great. This goes, and back, not this goes back to my Lincoln Riley shouldn't have leaving Oklahoma argument. Like who? Alabama, Alabama and you have Georgia. Yeah, yeah, and I want to make uh, Mississippi's oh, good. Arkansas's on the way up. Kentucky's yeah, but, better than like nine of twelve Big Twelve teams. But look, I bet you that in a couple years, if Lincoln Riley was at OU coaching in the SEC, they're better than Ole Miss is. Right, but I, the point isn't that he wouldn't be better. The point is just that it'd be tricky. The worst team in the SEC West is LSU. LSU is an above-average Big Twelve team. Well, I'm not, I'm not arguing with you there, but yeah. I, would take, I would take OU over most teams in the SEC, like year after year. Yeah, but you're going to lose a few because he's just not that good. Sorry. Wow, this anyway. has been a hell of a final couple minutes here. All right, I'd say we wrap it up with that. And, wow, we'll, we will have a great clip if Brian Kelly does take the job at LSU, which is not going to happen. But if he does wind up taking the job, there's a pretty good reaction as Ziggy and I say, hold on a second. Breaking news here on the Paul Farrington show. But, wait, uh, wait. Mike Florio just broke that if Brian Kelly leaves for LSU, uh, Notre Dame is going to Urban Meyer. Stop it. The arms race is on, Paul. We can get crazier rumors than Brian Kelly to LSU. Wait, wait. Did he actually say that about Urban Meyer? Yeah, yeah, no, Mike Florio said this. Mike Florio, of course, is also a hack, but he's just a hack because he makes stuff up. Urban Meyer to Notre Dame. There you go, Jack. They give him the six recruits and we're the number one team in the country. Well, that's the headline. Urban Meyer to Notre Dame, question mark. That's the title. This is this is madness right now. All right, well, anyway. we will have a fantastic show tomorrow. You need grade restrictions or for whoever you want. Oh, Urban Meyer would try to do that. Urban Meyer would try to get rid of great restrictions. He would. And that would be a very good thing. Notre Dame wouldn't do it, though. Notre Dame would not do it. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Tomorrow, wow, we're going to have a lot to talk about with potentially Brian Kelly leaving. Um, We'll probably touch more on Lincoln Riley and the official college football playoff rankings post-week 12. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Paul Farrington Show. See you soon.